Welcome to the Realized Gains Podcast, a guide to real estate investing. Join our co-hosts, Jordan Lee and Stephen Tran, as we interview a diverse group of real estate investors, both amateur and professional. Our goal is to help you understand that anyone can invest in real estate. Tune in to hear creative strategies and learn from both our mistakes and our successes. You can find us where you love to listen to podcasts, on YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com. Tell me how you decided to start your own, because you have your own brokerage. Um, What, you know, kind of made you want to do that and and how was that process so i had a great principal broker at john L. scott that have really taught me the roles and and i do owe a lot of my gratitude to them because they took care of me through everything um, and when i decided to go on my own it was in 2010 and i thought well you know if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do it the way i want to do it so i got my license to become um principal broker and decided to jump on in and since then, it was hard for me to pick up a few agents in the beginning because mm-hmm. you're taking on a responsibility yeah. of, you know, everything that they do out there, it's on you. So it was hard, but the first, the second year is when I picked up my first agent. Okay. And then I've been growing ever since. Um, so I'm at about four now. Oh, wow. But I don't want to go bigger than 10 because okay. to me, I want to be able to be there for my agents all the time. everyone. Thanks for tuning in to episode 17 of the Realized Gains podcast. I'm your co-host, Jordan Lee. I'm a mortgage professional licensed in 12 states based here in Portland, Oregon, and I invest in single family homes. Yeah, and I am Stephen Tran, your co-host. Uh, I am a realtor in the state of Oregon, and I'm a multifamily investor. And we're really excited today to introduce you to Lisa Nishioka. Uh, she is the principal broker and owner of Xanadu Real Estate. Mm. Uh, she's been in the industry for 22 years. Um, she's an amazing agent, has a wonderful team, and uh, she lets us. She brought us into her home and made us some cocktails, which is really nice, and tells us how she kind of got to financial freedom by flipping. Yeah, so tune in to this episode if you want to learn how to build a great business, build a team, and be able to you know set up your own brokerage. Yeah, let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to Realize Gains. I'm Stephen Tran. I'm here with my co-host Jordan Lee. Yeah, hey everyone, Jordan Lee here and I am super excited to be in the home of Lisa Nishioka. Uh beautiful house here. Uh a lot of natural light. She's remodeled everything including the uh, you, you didn't see earlier but the front yard. It looks super great. Um so yeah, first of all, Lisa, thanks so much for having us in your home and welcoming us. I, I know you're you're quite the pro. You've you've um, been in real estate over twenty years now, right? Twenty two years. Twenty two years. Wow, incredible. Um, so maybe you can just give us like a a really quick background on yourself. Like what's what's your story? How you ended up in Portland and how you got into real estate? So I was born and raised in Hawaii, um, and then when my husband from Washington came to Hawaii, I moved back with him. And then we came up, we were in Seattle for a while, and then we moved down to Portland for his job transfer, hmm. which then I started um, doing property management 
Okay. And then from the property management, I um, jumped onto real estate. Had you been in property management previously, or you no, just I just started fell into, into it? it and was in a year into it, and someone said you need to get into real estate. <laughs> I think that's everybody's story, right? And, well, and you didn't have any like, did you have any friends or family in the Portland area? I had no one. Nobody. Wow. Yes. So it was just me, my husband, and and our oldest son at the time. Okay. And so what what year was this that you were that you got in? So we moved here about 1990, 1998. Okay. And then I got into um property management 9899 and then um 2009 went into real estate. And what was what was the market like then? It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. We had um it was in a period of short sales and um but it was also in a period of booming new construction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of homes were being built then. So you were selling, what were you, what was the main thing you were selling? So I had three, um, fatherly figures that took me under their wings mm -hmm. and I called them my Larry, Moe and Carlene real estate, <laughs> <laughs> but they were great. One was a real estate developer and the other one did nothing but new construction sales. Okay. And then the third one did a lot of commercial properties. Oh, wow. So you got a nice wide view. Yeah. So I had those three guys, I called them my dads and they, they pretty much took me under their wings, and and that's kind of why I like doing the same thing for others because mm. I had someone to look up to when I started. And okay, so you you started in real estate, and was it like a quick, immediate, or like it happened really fast for you? Yeah. What was? How did you build? Like what? What was the so secret weapons? I sat at open houses of their subdivisions, um, where I started getting my clients. That's where I found. Um, the first set of my investors. Hmm. It was a huge group um, of Asian investors from Chicago. Oh. And then um, they came to my subdivision and I was like, great, let's start. And they were like, we're going to pick up five properties. And I'm like, wait, what? Oh, that's a great start. I love that. <laughs> like, wait, huh? Can you send me those clients? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, first day on the job. Yeah, I'd like so to buy five homes from you. This thing. And they said, okay, here's our deal. Any subdivision you find that has the first two phases, we want in. Mm. And we will get as much investors involved as possible. And from their perspectives, they're trying to get in semi-early into the development so that by the time the development's complete, they're ready to sell and realize their gains? Or Right. So they hold it for three to five years, mm -hmm. and then they take it and they move it to the next development. Mm. So we kind of went through a whole systematic over and over repeats. Wow. So how many homes did you end up selling for that group approximately? Gosh, well, I was realtor 30 under 30, top realtor. Oh, you were 30 under 30? Year. Nice. That's um, amazing. Yeah, I was one of the top producers, John L. Scott, in uh, uh -huh. 2000. And I initially went into it thinking we're just going to do this just for fun. Uh huh. And my husband supported the family. So I said, okay, let's go in and I'll have fun. And it turned out to be a full-time thing and I never stopped since. Yeah. But I, sorry, with that original that like group of investors that was buying homes, I mean, how many were you able to convert from that from that group? I think for over the period of time, we probably sold about ten or twenty deals a year within oh, just that group alone. Just that wow. group. So one random connection at an open house ended up converting to ten, mm -hmm. to somewhere around fifteen homes per year for how many years? I want to say for four. Oh gosh, I want to say for ten years at least. So, <laughs> so with great. that, oh, they've been referring me to other investors uh -huh. out of different states, and so just kind of just kept trickling away. Wow, 
And and did you kind of like follow along their lead and start buying as well? Yeah. So what was happening was some of my investors were buying new construction and some of them are buying resale, but we're buying um, houses at auctions okay. and flipping them. Uh-huh. And so part of my job was to make sure the numbers were right. Um, and there's a lot of the homes we can't get in to see if you're buying it at auction in the stairs. So yeah. Yep. I would um, I would be that person that would get the list from the attorney and then I drive over there real quickly and there's a window open I can find my way in. <laughs> oh, you literally! Oh, oh, I don't want to say we're breaking any laws, but you no, like you went in. I went in if it was open. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like so, I did things like that and and I would report back to them and they'd be okay. Let's go to the court steps and we did that and um, we picked up a few that way and as I was doing that, I was realizing why am I just only helping my clients and why am I not involved myself Mm -hmm. and that was at the point where I decided I need to get in so I aligned myself with a bunch of my um, hard money investors and we um, went and I did the same thing with my clients I always gave my clients first option and if they didn't purchase it then I would pick it up and then I would flip it okay I never held things because for me I was just I didn't want to hold it I wanted to flip it and get get that quick paycheck yes so we did that um, when the market was in short sale mode, and um, I picked up about four homes, I think, maybe two homes a year. Then the last year I did four, um, negotiated everything with short sales and from the banks to the closing, and um, and I just I haven't stopped since. Mm. And so, are you still on that same flipping mindset? Are you are I you am, converting some into longer term rentals? Or? When we moved here, I um decided to put all that on hold and work on my own home. Mm. Because like my husband said, you know, you keep flipping all these houses, but what about your own? <laughs> <laughs> so so we did. We did this and um now I'm ready to get back into the game. Okay. Okay. What's the next move? Is it just continuing to flip or um, you know, we actually took a trip to Portugal mm. and we just came back and the whole purpose of Portugal was to see um where we can pick up homes for Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And so we've discovered Porto and Lisbon, and I think I kind of I'm still torn between which one I want to invest in. But you're gonna you're gonna go for one there. Have yeah, is Portugal like a reoccurring theme for you guys, or is it it's the first time? It's the first time. So I have Portuguese in my nationality. Okay. So for me, it was just it was more of a treat to find out more about family history mm-hmm. there. And since we've seen all of that, I thought, well, you know, we could get an Airbnb here and maybe continue to grow it and eventually retire here yeah i was gonna say uh, i watch a lot of fire people Mm -hmm. and they all tend to like retire in portugal because of the quality of life the price and everything like it's amazing the cost of living is insanely inexpensive yeah it's like you can live there for a thousand bucks a month and that includes your housing everything really Uh, all i know is that they have really good custard tarts there (laughs) i can make it I'm going to make it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so price of a, you're looking at Airbnbs. What is it? What is it? What are you looking at in this market? So there's some condos in there that start off like 280. Okay. Or American dollars. American dollars. Okay. So it would be about 280,000. And you can't get a loan for that, right? You got to go all cash. You can, um, you can do it via hard money or, you know, there's ways that you can get it. Uh-huh. I'm sure. And if you've got some ideas on that. I oh, would love to. We, I don't collateralize property. That's not on U S soil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, but that's kind of where we were thinking, you know, we pull out our investments here. Or yeah, you could pull out equity from a property yeah. here and then use that there. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. And then 
from a, like a business perspective, Airbnb wise, what does it cost to like rent an Airbnb there that, of the places you're looking at? So they are, hmm, I want to say if it's a two bedroom, you can probably get maybe like a good, what was that? It was like $50 a day or something okay. like that. Yeah. So it's not crazy cash flow, not but it's crazy, it, but eventually over time, yeah. you know, you can pay it off quickly and get an, and in terms of like times to visit Portugal, you you were just there, right? Mm -hmm. And so while it's kind of cold and rainy here, what is the weather? Is it? It was super hot. <laughs> like pleasantly yeah. hot? Or it no? was like 67, 70, but it was humid. That's perfect. Oh, but it's humid. Okay. And so the humidity was worse than, than the actual weather. Okay. So it said it was going to rain there the entire time we were there, but it did not rain. It rained when we were asleep. And then when we woke up, we had a great trip. And so while you were there, were you able to like find somebody that, you know, you're thinking about making this real estate investment over there. How do you trust, you know, somebody like, is there an agent over there? Yeah, across the world. Yeah, like, right. Is there yeah. a property manager? Like how, how, how does that so part work? I've been researching of realtors there yet and we haven't, you know, settle down if we are actually doing it. Right, right. So until I do, I'm just going to still interview and just take a look at realtors there that I can trust mm. and uh, build a connection with. Um, something I'm curious about, I obviously have a realtor here. I, I know real estate works differently across the world. Like, do, do you have any idea of how it's different there, like in Portugal? They are, so there's so many more rules mm. than we do here in the U.S. And, um, and I guess you have to apply for some kind of... Um, what did they say? An Airbnb license, but it takes a lot of time. It could take about six months to get that thing to get approved. Okay. Um, but once you get in there, then it'll be easier to just keep, you know, adding to your portfolio. Okay. And I mean, so this is your first foray into think, and, at least thinking about yeah. short-term rental. Uh, any thoughts of like just giving it a try here or in the general area? You know, I have, um, I have had a I've only flipped homes here. I had one of my homes rented in Sherwood for three or four years, and we had an excellent tenant, and I was happy with it. But then, you know, with the new laws and everything's changing and rental market with um, lots of rules for tenants, and that's kind of scared me out a little. Yeah. So I'm just holding on to it and waiting for the right moment to get back in. Yeah. No, I, like I said, I work with a lot of investor clients, and they're like, oh, I want to buy in Portland. And I'm like, so you know, for short term rental, I'm like, okay, well, let me you know slow your roll. Like you know, I know you think it's the best idea because Portland has all the trendy food carts and everything, oh but uh, yeah, it's a lot harder than you think, and you know, it is super hard, and especially in Multnomah County because we just moved to Multnomah County. You know, you have more taxes, more mm -hmm. fees to pay, um, for being a landlord here. Yeah, no, I I I actually have properties. Everywhere but Portland, <laughs> Troutdale, Vancouver, Hillsboro, Beaverton, but not. I didn't expect to buy in Multnomah County, and you know we were looking at Washington County, kind of close to the border. Mm -hmm. But we saw this and fell in love with it. And of course, when realtors come to visit me, they say, "Hi, Multnomah County." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yes. So, so going back to your your real estate business. Um, Tell me how you decided to start your own because you have your own bro brokerage. Mm -hmm. um, what you know kind of made you want to do that, and and how was that process? So I had a great principal broker at John L. Scott that have really taught me the roles, and and I do owe a lot of my gratitude to them because they were 
they took care of me through everything. Um, and when I decided to go on my own, it was in 2010. I thought... Oh, it's been 12 years now. Yeah, wow. it has been 12 Congratulations. years. Congratulations. Thank you. And I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. So I got my license to become um, principal broker and decided to jump on in. And since then, it was hard for me to pick up a few agents in the beginning because mm -hmm. you're taking on a responsibility yeah. of, you know, everything that they do out there, it's on you. Um so it was hard, but the first, the second year is when I picked up my first agent, okay. and then I've been growing ever since. Um, so I'm at about four now. Oh wow! But I don't want to go bigger than ten because okay. to me, I want to be able to be there for my agents all the time. Right, you want to provide that kind of right. concierge service for them. Right. So we have a little boutique brokerage. They're able to come here and use my kitchen table for meetings, or we have our meetings here. We also use our title companies. And, um, but mainly, you know, we go to our clients' homes and just give them the personalized experience. It's kind of amazing. Like how much do your clients, cause not, it's pretty rare to have a real estate office in your personal mm -hmm. home. How much do your clients kind of comment on and appreciate the fact that you're sort of like, you know, bringing them into your house? Is that, is that a big difference you think? You know, I won't bring everybody here, sure. but, um, but for the most part, it makes my clients feel more welcomed and more mm -hmm. like we're a family. And that they can, you know, we're a team that we work together closely. Right. And do you host like, I mean, I know you had a, like a networking event here last night and stuff too. So it's kind of nice to be able to, yeah, bring people into your home and host that as well, huh? Yes. I love to entertain. <laughs> we heard. Yeah. <laughs> we have stories from uh, the networking event. So. <laughs> we couldn't attend. It was a, a Asian women in real estate event. So yeah, really not, not me. Sorry. <laughs> so. Sounded like a lot of fun. Yeah, we did. We had such a good time. Um, a lot of women's stories. It was fun. And um, it was just a camaraderie and, you know, very empowering to have them all here. And we all enjoyed each other's presence. So, you know, I feel like not that Portland's the most competitive in terms of the real estate industry. It's not like everyone's fighting each other that bad. But I do feel like there's a difference between walking into somebody's home rather than rocking into a brokerage where it's like a competing brokerage it's got all their branding on it and stuff it just feels a little bit more i don't know relaxing at home yeah for sure and you know it's, it is a safe space for all of them to come and you know we all just kind of collaborate it was just it i just felt so like overwhelmingly satisfied to see all these women growing together and sharing their knowledge with each other yeah i mean i would love to kind of find out what is it like being a minority owner of a a small business here you know i've never really had any issues um with that i i don't see it happening in my world in my family but i do see it amongst other people mm. um struggling with that and i'm always there to consult with them and be there for them and so um i've never had any issues with any of that okay yeah that's good and i mean I, I, obviously like we had the networking event and you know there's a whole community of people who need to be supported and feel welcome in you know yes. Oregon and in this community so yes and definitely to empower themselves you know they all left feeling rejuvenated and um, lots of smiles in their faces <laughs> <laughs> so it if you were to recommend I mean you have a lot obviously you have a lot of experience selling you have a, a lot of experience flipping and investing if you were to recommend to somebody one of our listeners who was thinking about getting into real estate not really sure if they feel comfortable making that first step. How would you, you know, what would you say to that person to kind of like help them realize it, you know, it could make sense for them financially? Well, um, 
NER has started a new program called the NER Aspire, mm. and it is a way, it is a program that I thought I was a mentor of it. And for me, I wish that when I started in the business, there was a program like that. Mm. But it's there now, and if people are just considering getting into the business, they should sign up for an NER Aspire class mm. because it's free to the public for people that want to just, especially AAPI. Um, you know, if you want to know about real estate, a lot of people want to know, but they don't, they're afraid to ask. Mm, yeah. And you can get onto this classes. It's all on Zoom. Um, and they match you up with a mentor and a mentee. And it's a four month course, but you just meet maybe four times a month. And you just talk to your mentor and you, you have tasks that you have to do together. And it'll decide if they want to get involved in real estate or if they're not. And also, real estate is not just selling homes. There's so many other different avenues mm. in real estate. Oh, this is so. This is a class for someone that's thinking about becoming an agent. An agent or anything in to do with or a property estate. manager or mm -hmm. or a mortgage broker. Or mortgage, or, yeah. And you know, there's so many different areas in that, but it actually gives them the tools to identify. Oh, great! I want to get into real estate. Okay, now which area of real estate do I want? Do I want to get into real estate investing, uh, mortgage lending, you know, and the list just goes on. Yeah, so, I definitely should have taken that class. <laughs> right? See, because we never had that when, you know, I yeah. never had that when I started. and yeah. But I was lucky to have a bunch of great mentors. I mean, I started on a dare. So, you know, I really <laughs> wish I had like some sense in terms of what somebody was doing. So I just heard from uh, one of my buddies who also got his license at the same time that his brother was killing in real estate. We can beat his ass. Let's do this. <laughs> and that's that's all the motivation I needed. So, you know, that's funny. So yes. what, what about for like a general consumer that's just wanting to invest in real estate, but they're not sure how to get started? Maybe maybe they own a home, their first home, or maybe maybe not even that. They're just, but they want to, they've seen, you know, other people and, and like gain family wealth, generational wealth through real estate. And they're tired of you know just putting money in the 401k. What would you? How would you suggest for someone like that, a first-time investor, to get started? So I had, I have one of that right mm. now with me. Um, it's still one of my clients, but he he started with me when he was 26 years old. Okay. His dad wow. gave him um, maybe a couple thousand dollars, mm -hmm. and he says, "Lisa, let's go and invest it." And I said, "Okay, let's go buy a condo." Mm -hmm. So we took that condo. He took that money, and then he said, um, "He's like, I think I need to go bigger." So I said, okay, let's start with a um, duplex and you can live on one side, you can rent the other side out and we'll go that route. So we did it in baby steps and he says, what are you doing? I said, it's called house hacking. Have you heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> Love like, it. Oh. So after two years into it, he rented out both of them um, and then he jumped on and today he is about 36 years old and he has about 42 properties around. Holy cow. So he does not work. Um, that's his job. His that's full his full-time job. job now. Yeah. And he called me two he's years 36 ago. He's 36 and he's done. Yes. And he called me two years that's ago the... and he says, Lisa, I'm bored. Can I come work for you? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. You just keep buying properties for me. <laughs> oh, so he man. never became a realtor? Or... He never became a realtor. Okay. What was his W-2 job at the time? He was an engineer. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, that, I mean, if, if I was going to tell anybody the best way to start in investing is becoming an engineer first. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. Get a big old salary and that will help out a lot. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I love that you emphasize house hacking. I think that's probably one of the best ways to get started. That's how I got started. That's investing. how I got started. Yeah. I got a fourplex and people don't know, like you can, well, I don't know. I don't know about now, but when I bought it in 2019, my first property, like it's like, oh. 
I can buy a fourplex just like a regular house. You know, I think mm -hmm. that's a, a huge step for a lot of people to think. And yeah, you might In not certain have... markets. You definitely still can. Yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, um, I mean, obviously, you know, you might have a quote unquote downgrade in terms of uh, living quality. You're not going to be living in a you know, full on house. But if you can make that sacrifice, you know, within a year, if you're ready to move on, you have, in a well, in a fourplex, you have four sets of income coming in after mm -hmm. that, you know. Yeah, or like in Lisa's example, even with a duplex, like yeah. know, enough to offset your mortgage so you can keep saving for the next place. And, and really, when you if you start when you're 26, right? It's just <laughs> you can't fail, really. Well, it's so much better because like when you're 36 and you have a few kids, are you gonna want to go move right. into a, a, a duplex or quadplex? No, no, yeah, yeah. right. And he, he probably might see this video, but if he doesn't, um, it was funny because he even called me to say, I'm going to get married. Do you think this is a good move or do you think I should go more flip more houses? <laughs> married like, or flip houses? Oh, I'm like, well, I'm like, I think it's time for you to settle down. <laughs> he's very focused on his system, right? Yeah. Does he yeah. have a partner he wants to get married to or is he just asking he, between the two? <laughs> yeah. He has a partner. Okay. <laughs> But I told her, I said, Courtney, if he gets, if you guys do this, we're going to have to slow down on this investing thing with him. And she's like, okay. Hmm. So now they have two beautiful children and they're happy with all their investments. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a great success story. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I said, house hacking for me, like was like my life changer, you know, yeah. it helped me get out of my career right. to get a job that makes me work a hundred hours now. <laughs> you know? Well, the other thing too that we were doing, like um, when my kids were in college mm. and down at Oregon State, they, um, our friend had a duplex. Oh, and nice. So right outside of the college campus. Mm -hmm. And so we rented one side of it with three boys, the other side of it was three girls. Okay, nice. And so when she was done with it, then we went on in and said, okay, everybody gets to pay rent except for Christian. And then, and then after it was done, then it sold. And Okay, so you you owned it while your kids were there, yeah. and then sold it afterwards. Yeah. Nice, you know i I have a family member that did that, and I thought it was so smart because all three of their kids went to the same college, mm -hmm. and um, you know they all they all were managing the home, mm -hmm. so the parents were able to pay the kid um, into their into their IRA or their four hundred one k as because they were an employee right they were managing the home that they had and then of course yeah they sold it afterwards for a big yeah problem. i think that's a smart thing for parents of college kids to get into because you know you can have your children there at school and not pay a dime in rent right but make equity off of your properties yeah super super smart and and you can buy it as well maybe a duplex you can't buy a second home but if it's a single right. family yeah you can buy it as a second home instead of a investment property too the only downfall yeah. is you don't know what the college kid's gonna do to your house right oh yeah i mean you said you had three boys and three girls on on each side I wonder like, which side did better yeah, yeah. <laughs> And how much partying was going on there, I, you, know? you know? I think after after they all vacated it, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't too bad at all. So it was the fear of it going through it, you know, just mm -hmm. thinking in your head, Project X, kids, college, what? Right, right. <laughs> huh. That's a that's a great move. Nice. Yeah. Um, so what in the in so you've kind of you've set up your brokerage, you've had your successful real estate career, you know, you've had your successful real estate brokerage business. Um, what is your kind of your your next you know five year plan? You know, my next five year plan is more to educate. I mean, we have a lot of um, people in our industry that needs help mm -hmm. and needs to 
needs to learn more things. And our job is to educate, you know, our consumers and not only our consumers, but our peers mm -hmm. and work together. And, you know, it's like just because you're with one company and you're with another company doesn't mean we can't be friends and collaborate because there is enough real estate to go around for everyone. Mm. So learning together, just keeping it positive and um, networking, that kind of thing. So for me, I'm looking at um, exiting, you know, real estate eventually retiring mm -hmm, yeah <laughs> so for me it's just okay let's just continue to flipping i mean i think our market where it's going we may end up being back into that kind of real mm -hmm. mid and short sales and you know and courthouse steps and yeah with the knowledge that i have from working with short sales and negotiating with the banks um long hours with bankers on the phone with them for You'd have to like block off half your morning just to call and negotiate on behalf of your clients. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things will be coming. I feel that it would be coming back, but how soon? I don't know. Yeah. Fine, yeah. I mean, you know, like with a lot of us new agents, like I'm a new agent, you know, like the only world we, we know is like, okay, so it's 500,000. So you want me to offer 600,000? <laughs> so like that's the only world we know. So, yeah. you know, I, I know it's becoming a lot more challenging for a lot of agents. I know a lot of agents are falling off. Right. You know, that's what happens in, in a down market. Yeah. In a down market. And obviously I love the idea of education because, you know, it helps us become a better fiduciary for our clients because that is like 100% the number one thing we should be focusing on. Right. You know. And when you are successful, we're all successful as realtors, you know, mm -hmm. because it's, it's a team thing. It's not just there's one brokerage or another brokerage. It's we all work to keep our clients happy and it's all of our reputations. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, relationship business, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So. so for for the newer kind of real real estate agents, I feel like in real estate, it's really hard to get a great education in terms of a real estate education. Mm -hmm. And and at least in my opinion, most of the very successful agents have worked with a good mentor. What do you what advice do you have to an, a newer agent to be like? How do you be a good mentee? How do you seek out a good mentor? Because um, I know you you had a you mentioned that you had a few great ones and now you're interested in 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 filling that role. What are your thoughts on that? Well, when I first started real estate, what I did was I interviewed a bunch of offices, but most importantly, once I interviewed them, I I went in there and I sat there and just kind of observed what was going on in their office to see what kind of people, what kind of energy was in there, um, and if it would fit my own aura and how I felt. Mm -hmm. And if it felt so like stuffy, I left and went somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then I just kept interviewing until I found the right place. And when I walked into John L. Scott years ago, it was like, oh my gosh, everybody is so amazing here. And I love this happy energy. Great vibe. You got to find the right vibe. Yeah. Uh, so what about like, is there a, when you, when you're looking to train someone and like actually spend energy on a new agent, is there a quality or something that you're looking for in, in a new I want to see someone that's very motivated that mm. is a go-getter mm. but most importantly I do my training with people with hands-on okay I don't necessarily do it all in the office mm -hmm. I take them out in the field so you want someone that's like hey let's get in the car and go yes <laughs> okay yes we go out we look at land um we look for any bird land and I have an acronym that I use within those land like if you see a piece of land okay let's talk Zatum. Z-A-T-U-M. Okay. And and that's the only way you'll remember everything you need to know about land, meaning Z for zoning. Zoning. U for utility. Oh, I'm sorry. A for accessibility. Accessi okay, got it. T for topography. Mm. U for utilities. 
and M for marketability. Oh. So if you can answer all those questions within a piece of land, then you know that that's a good one. That's a good point because it's you can't look at a bunch of plats of land and be like, oh, that one sold for this amount, so it's worth this amount. If the zoning's totally different or the topography is totally different, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be able to. Or where's the utilities coming? Or from? yeah, if it has. Is there any or access, access to utilities? Mm -hmm. Is it coming from the street? Is it come? Do we have to drill another well? Um, I did a lot of land sales back in the day, and up in Parrot Mountain in Sherwood the land to dig for well, you'd have to go way below 175 feet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wait, are we done yet? No, nope, we're going. We're going. It was like the Energizer Bunny. It keeps going and going. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And so for the lay person, I mean, that is there, what's the difference in that, in that, like, so when you're drilling a well, is there a cost, huge cost difference? A huge cost difference, depending on how far. So you want to know what your GPM is for the homes in the area mm -hmm. before you actually take on a project like that. So those are the things that you can research. But through the Rhodes Datum, you can actually, it's so much easier to stay on track of what you need to know about the property. Mm. That's great. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And uh, like what percentage of your business is like land sales? Seems like if you're teaching your agents to know about land, it seems like it's something you're really focused on. I teach my agents pretty much all areas. Um, I have done quite a bit of land, but I still keep up knowledge of land. Mm -hmm. um, I have clients that have land, but they're holding on to it. Um, when I see land, I always, always inquire about it just for the knowledge sake of it. And then when time comes around, then I'm there and I'm ready. Yeah, well, that's amazing. Yeah, but I mostly do residential um, or multiplexes. Okay. Yeah, what general area? Just Portland? I do everywhere in Portland. Um, I've done lots out in Forest Grove areas, Washington County. I do a lot of Multnomah. I do some out in Gresham and Troutdale. Yeah. Um, but I will basically go wherever my client wants to go. Yeah, I have one in Pendleton right now. I didn't even know where that was. Escrow. <laughs> that casino there. Oh, did they? Uh, I, yeah, I'm going to have to drive out there at the end of the month, and uh, it's a three and a half hour drive. So I'm gonna have to figure that out. Yeah, you'll have to take a small potty break at the casino, right? And spend the yeah, a potty break. Potty <laughs> yeah, break. definitely. Uh, yeah, and uh, just a quick turn back to investing. Uh, I did want to see how you felt about the flipping with all the capital gains and why you didn't decide to hold anything. So I made sure that the numbers were right when I flipped it. I didn't want to hold it was because I didn't want to be a landlord. Yeah. Mm. So that was that was my main thing is I didn't want to be a landlord. I wanted to just flip it and take the profit. So when I calculated, when I looked at a home before I had my um, contractors look at it, I did the numbers and made sure that even if I paid the early capital gains tax, I would still come out ahead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was the only way I would buy a home is if it, the numbers were right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a great lesson to a lot of our listeners because a lot of people that I well, not push into try to get to investing, but they say, I don't want to be a landlord. And there's lots of options to not be a landlord. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could always, even if you do hold on to it, get a property manager. You You're not the manager. landlord. So. Right. It was just so much easier to take the money and have it liquid to just keep moving it on to another well, property. The next project, yeah. Especially yeah. in the 2000 markets, you know, that time frame, it was, things were just coming up like crazy and it was like candy falling from sky. It's like, I want to get that property. No, I can't yet. Hold on. Let me, let me sell this one first. You know? So, so for my contractors, they were really, um, they, they put up with me a lot, but I did give them like a really short time frame. Yeah. Like, okay. You have three months. That's all you have at the end of three months. So the house is going back on the market. Mm. So make it work. 
Okay. No, that's a good lesson to know. Yes. Yeah. I've had a lot of projects drag on much further than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Time for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so if people are looking to get a hold of you or trying to know about your business and get to contact you, how can they find you? You can reach me at com, or you can come on. Zanadu, how do you spell that? X-A-N-A-D-U. Okay. Realestate.com or you can locate me on Facebook. Mm. Lisa Nishioka, comma realtor. Okay. Or um, Instagram, I'm known as Mama Nish because of my Hawaii clientele. Mama Nish, love, <laughs> love it. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to change that once, but it was, it it just wasn't possible because whenever people came to me, they said, "Hey, you're Mama Nish. Can I like work?" I'm like, "How did you care that?" <laughs> <laughs> and so it was something that I just never ended up changing because of that. Um, we do have a lot of Hawaiian network connections and mm-hmm. a lot of referrals from Hawaii, as well as from here, we go back and forth. So great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, well thank you so thank much you so for much. your podcast. Thanks. Thanks yeah, for well, having me, you guys. I mean, this is fun and real. Thanks for tuning in to the Realized Gains podcast. If you have any questions for our co-hosts or guests, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or at jordanleemortgage.com.